Hello, and welcome to Tech, the Olympus NDT podcast. My name is Emily Peloquin, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. This podcast is all about NDT and about the incredible people that work in our industry. I've been in this industry for just over a decade now, and I'm still amazed by the incredible people that I get to work with and how tightly connected this community is. On this show, have the chance to welcome experts from the field to chat about everything and anything, from challenging applications to new trends and even tips and tricks on how to improve your NDT game. I hope you'll enjoy the unique insight that our guests are sharing with us and that it will inspire others to also want to help in making this world a safer place. Today's show is the second of a short series called The Journey to Level 3. In this series, we'll be receiving guests from different spheres of our industry and give you the insight on what it takes and the steps you need to take to become a Level 3. Today, I had the pleasure to receive Shane Walton on the show. Shane is the General Manager and Instructor at University of Ultrasonics in Houston, Texas. U of UT is a training school that offers UT, TOF, phased array, FMC and TFM training. Shane helps us understand what it takes to reach the different NDT levels and also tells us what it's like to take a class at University of Ultrasonics. I hope you'll enjoy today's conversation. So Shane Walton, you're general manager and instructor at University of Ultrasonics. Thank you very much for being on the show today. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Emily. It's an honor. Um, I'm looking forward to doing all these uh, activities that, that we've been doing with Olympus. Um, you guys have been a good partner to us, and um, I'm just excited about uh, you know the future of the things that we're going to be able to do together. Likewise. So my first question to you, and this is the question I like to ask all my guests, is that you know since NDT is not a super well-known industry, how did you personally happen to stumble across NDT? Um, it's a funny story. So uh, back in the late 90s, when I was working my way through college, uh, I had a job at a chemical plant uh, near my home back in Mobile, Alabama. Okay. And um, I was doing like the, the worst of the worst. I was pouring concrete and jackhammering and, you know, running wheelbarrows full of uh, concrete and, and rocks and just, you know, just really tough manual labor. Yeah. And I remember... Like yeah. And I remember sitting in a hole one day with one of my coworkers and I look up and there's these guys in white suits, um, <laughs> like, you know, Tyvek suits, but, uh, they had these TV screens, uh, strapped on their chest and they had these little cables coming out to something in their hand. And they were just, you know, touching <laughs> their finger on the side of these big metal containers. And I didn't know what was going on. So I asked one of the guys and he said, uh, those are inspectors. I think they're doing x-ray. But come to whoops. find out, they, yeah, whoops, uh, they were they were taking thickness readings, and it, it took me a long time to to realize it. You know, uh, it hit me one day. So fast forward, probably about ten years, um, I went to school for business administration uh, okay. back at the University of South Alabama, and okay. uh, I was selling paint and construction materials to uh, you know to the industry. I, I lived in Gulf Shores, Alabama right on the beach, beautiful place. Um, and we were doing a lot of condo kind of sales. And um, 
I was a, I eventually became a technical sales rep for coatings and okay. some of the systems that we had to, to use, they required a little bit of NACE training to be able to, to oh. actually spec these coding systems out. For so corrosion, right? Uh, for, NACE for, yep. being a national association of corrosion, engineers. corrosion engineering. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So uh, some of the coatings were there for corrosion resistance in like a marine environment, salt okay. water. Yeah. And um, so yeah, you had to have a little bit of a NACE training because they were these just special epoxy two-part system. Anyway, I started getting exposed to uh, uh, maybe getting prepared for a NACE certification eventually mm-hmm. through my okay. company. And um, yeah, so that didn't work out, though, actually. The, the economy kind of tanked um, around 06, 07, yeah. you know, when the economy kind of went bad. And yeah. Um, our business dropped, so I started looking for something else. And um, I, I made a friend who was a general manager of a uh, inspection company, an NDT company in Mobile. Okay. And uh, he started kind of telling me about what they did, and you know, it seemed pretty interesting. So fast forward again, um, I, I was looking for a job. He hired me. Uh, my interview was uh, this guy and his uh, his black Labrador retriever okay. in an office. So I showed up in a suit and tie, like for this for this interview, and <laughs> yep. he's in a and he's in like flip flops and a fishing <laughs> shirt and a sun visor, and, and he's got his dog in the office. So it was like the most <laughs> informal meeting ever. But you were I got, ready. <laughs> I was ready to go, yeah. and um, I got the job. I uh, started out uh, uh, washing the company trucks, the okay, rigs. Okay, so back, back then, no NDT experience yet, right? You just got Zero. in for the inspection uh, company, but you, you weren't yet an inspector. Exactly. I had okay. zero. And, wow. Uh, yeah, so started out washing trucks and uh, uh, running the warehouse. And, you know, we had just got a big contract at a, a major refinery in Pascagoula, Mississippi. And um, so we were getting in a lot of equipment uh, to take out to the refinery for the for the new job that we just got, a, a long-term run and maintain job at Chevron. Okay. And um, so I was kind of the warehouse guy going back and forth, just whatever needed to be done. And um, uh, there was a weekend class where some of the advanced UT guys from Houston uh, were coming down to train uh, some of the new hires. Okay. Uh, that, that, you know, in some, some company specific kind of C scan equipment. And, uh, my friend, my boss, the guy that hired me, he said, Hey, Shane, if you want to, uh, if you want to make some overtime this weekend, you can just kind of sit through this class and maybe you'll absorb something, just kind of be a fly on the wall. Right. By uh, osmosis. Had, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I had zero experience. Um, it, this was a handheld C scan unit with okay. a, uh, a probe that was a, a mounted on a wheel, you know, a wheel probe and a little handheld B scan and C scanner. And uh, so they were teaching the shear wave techs how to use that. And um, I didn't know a thing about UT. I had no training, but I was able to correlate, okay, uh, if it's thin, it's red. And if it's right. thick, it's a different color on my screen. It's green. Right. Um, okay, and, and this thing is a quarter of an inch thick, and this thing is one. We were scanning step wedges, and I was able to kind of correlate that much. And yeah. then the next weekend, they let me sit in again, and um, it, it was for an automated UT system. Oh, and wow. okay. basically, I was, the, uh, I was the scanner jockey 
for mm-hmm. all the guys that were in training. So I learned how to hook up the cables and the water hoses and whatnot. And, and that's all I knew. Um, and I'm, I'm probably going too far on this, but fast- <laughs> no, no, that's great. I mean, you know, like you knew nothing about it and nothing. You know, and 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 now, well, so you stayed with that company for uh, all the way to to being trained and being an inspector, or did you go somewhere else to, yeah, to no, learn after? Stayed with the same company. So okay. uh, uh, when we got out to the job site, when they finally put me out on the job site at, at Chevron, um, uh, there was an automated UT corrosion mapping uh, piping job that came up, and so okay. one of the guys that I had worked that weekend with. Uh, uh, he was going to be the one leading the job and uh, the management said, Hey, uh, who do you want for an assistant? And he pointed to me and they're like, why do you want him? He just started. <laughs> and, and he, and my buddy said, well, he spent the past two weekends with me and he already knows how to hook up all the cables and everything. So uh, he's go. going to be, able, he's going to be helpful. So they put me with him and that was the start of it. So my start in, in NDE was, being in a, basically being an assistant on an AUT system and uh, yeah. with a, a really good UT guy that had had about 15 years in the experience. And um, he, he started showing me the ropes. And then uh, we also worked on the tank crew and spent, uh, before I ever had a thickness meter in my hands, I was watching A-scans on an AUT system. And then we were sitting on a floor with uh, Epic XTs scanning floor plates, doing prove up after an MFE crew. And, um, Uh, that was my start, and wow. things just kind of cascaded, and and I really liked the idea of there was something that I could use my mind and my hands yes. and at the same time, and I also figured out, hey, you can probably make decent money doing this too, and yeah. um, fast forward about a year, um, I'm an AUT tech. Uh, fast forward another year, I'm at the University of Ultrasonics in Birmingham, Alabama, learning how to do shear wave from Mark Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Another six months down the road or a year, I'm, I'm phased array classes. So, uh, uh, you know, Mark Davis wound up being a huge mentor of mine with Shearwave and phased array. And he's, he's, he's the reason that I'm here at the University of Ultrasonics now because he was wow. kind of like a role model. I said, you know what? That's what I want to do one day. And, and, and now I'm, I'm sitting in his chair and, and doing what he inspired me to do. So yeah. fast Little forward. Little did from, you know back then when you were, you know, dealing with concrete and <laughs> washing trucks, you know? Exactly. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. So so now you're a level three yourself, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I got okay. my level three a few years ago. Yeah. Okay, great. And so, uh, and of course, you're at University of Ultrasonics and you're you're teaching over there. Uh, so what, what are the classes that you, you're currently offering? Okay, so we do a uh, we run the gamut of UT classes. Uh, we have a UT level one and level two, you okay. know, uh, two forty hours of so eighty hours of training in level one and level two. Um, we also do a practical uh, UT shear wave uh, scanning uh, class for detection and characterization. So it's uh, mm-hmm. uh, no theory; it's just purely practical. Oh, okay. Um, It's a great class for, you know, these days you've got phased array people. You've got people that are wanting to be phased array techs, but there's not as much shear wave work in the industry as there used to be because everybody wants phased array. So finding a qualified Mm, shear wave tech is harder and harder, but that is one of the prerequisites. So we've got a 40-hour class. Prerequisite to phased array, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For phase array techs, you know, it's a prerequisite to have some conventional UT experience. Of course, yeah. It's getting harder to come by because 
basically you got guys that do thickness readings for a couple of years that they just, you know, they try to run through phase array and uh, there's just not as much shear wave work because everybody in the industry wants phased array. So mm-hmm. it's harder yeah. and harder to find seasoned techs. So we gotcha. offer a class, a 40-hour class to help out with that. Um, then we have a conventional crack sizing class okay. um, with conventional UT. So that's using tip diffraction and creeping waves, uh, high angle L waves, bimodal. We, uh, it, it was based on... What Mark Davis? Yeah, uh, I was about to say an original Mark Davis class. Right? Yes, it, yeah, that was actually the first class that the University of Ultrasonics did uh, back in the day with Mark, and uh, okay. we still do that one. And you know, so that one basically leads you to uh, passing the EPRI exam and also uh, the API, uh, the QUSE okay. ex- exam. Um, uh, then we do uh, so both; those are both forty-hour classes each. Uh, then we do. A 40-hour Toft class, which fits ASNT. Um, I wish it was an 80-hour class because I feel like we could spend a lot more time in it. But Really? Uh, oh, yeah? It, That's rare yeah. that you hear that from, uh, well, I guess for instructors, it's, uh, but from inspectors, for sure, I'm sure That's it's kind of a rare thing to hear. I wish it was a two-week one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I want to throw so much information at people. Yeah. And, um, you know, Toft is one of the only of the the extra UT certs that only require requires 40 hours. So I know we're, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But uh, but also we do Toft for 40 hours. And then I've got three weeks of phase array. So we've got um, the the 80 hours that ASNT and ASME um, require. And then, so that's, you know, the basics, the intro, the calibration. And then that's week one. Uh, week two, we do scan planning and weld exams. Um, okay. And, and then my third week of phase array, it's uh, code compliance and crack sizing. So I, oh, I teach nice. the guys how to do uh, AWS, API 1104, and uh, ASME, uh, different variations of uh, sizing and acceptance and rejection criteria. Okay. Because, you know, that's not something that's really in the, the course requirements, but it's definitely beneficial. So we mm-hmm. do that for the extra class. And then we finish the class just by doing phase array crack sizing. And... Um, and that's, that's a 40, probably, 40 hours, you say, this one? Yep, that, yep that's a 40 hour. So that's okay. our third third 40 hour phase array class. Okay. Uh, and then now we have our 80 hour full matrix capture total focusing method class that right. uh, we developed uh, over the course of the past year and a half. And um, we rolled it out initially in January of 2020. Um, and it, it so it fit the ASME 2019 course requirements. And we, we actually went above those course requirements, and now that ASNT, um, TC1A, and CP105 for 2020 have been released, that course also meets those requirements. Um, so to my knowledge, we have the only ASNT and ASME uh, compliant 80-hour full matrix capture and total focusing method class uh, in the industry and we've been delivering it since January of this year. Wow. So how many technicians did you train uh, in that uh, period of time since January? Of uh, we're probably probably sitting at around 20 students at this point. Okay. Um, Still, and, uh, with, with COVID-19 and so on, that's actually, that that's decent. <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> it is, yeah. So. That's amazing. And you're currently teaching one, correct? As, as we speak today, uh, uh, end of uh, August, you're... Um, 
you're or well august 20th to be accurate uh you're you're teaching a class right now uh yes actually so we're we're on day four of the first week and so um our guys are doing really well, actually. Uh, two two really well seasoned phase gray techs, so Good. it's making my job easy. I um, bet. Yeah. So so day one, you know, we have to follow the course outline that's set forth in CP one hundred five and also yeah. in ASME um, section five. So day one is basically a, a ultrasonic level two review. Okay. Uh, day two is um, a phase gray review. And then day three, we start getting into uh, uh, full matrix capture. You know, everybody wants to do TFM, right. but nobody knows what FMC is. Right, right? Where, where it comes from. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And um, I didn't either for a long time. You know, I, I started, I had my first TFM instrument um, back in around 2016 or 2017. And, um, okay. you know, we weren't explained. We, they did a good job of, of giving us the basics, but it, we still... You know, we didn't have 80 hours of training, right? We could have right. used a lot more. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so anyway, this week uh, we start getting into the full matrix capture process. And so we talk about all the things that are required to get good raw elementary A scans for full matrix capture. And um, starting today, we're getting into TFM and explaining the basics of how that works. And uh, our first lab exercises. So we do about a about a 50-50 um, theory, lecture, okay. and, and lab exercises That's great. Um, yeah. to get the real-world skills. And, yes. uh, so our first TFM lab was a, a zero-degree LL uh, corrosion mapping okay. uh, kind of deal. And we just now graduated from zero-degree to an angle beam a few minutes ago. There so you we, go. <laughs> yeah. So we're looking with shear waves at some side-drilled holes, and we're going to do uh, some some crack sizing with TT uh, okay. on the, the ID surface. and some uh, TT-TT for the OD surface-connected cracks. Very uh, nice. We'll be doing that pretty soon. So by the end of the day, these guys are going to be professional TFM crack sizers, and uh, I'm actually going to give them um, a practical exam tomorrow, and part of it's going to be sizing some cracks for me. So um, this is my favorite class. I'm super excited to have something new and exciting. You know, it's not stale. It's not the... The same old, same old that we've been doing for the past decade or right. two. It's something new and exciting. So. Oh yeah, and you you guys really built it from you know from from scratch. Really, you um you know you had to to dig really deep in the subject to uh, to build it. So um, yeah, it's uh it it's it seems like a very nice class, and uh, all the comments that I heard were extremely positive. So I'm uh, yeah, it's uh it's great that you're offering this class. That's for sure. Awesome. And I, I do want to thank you for all your help. You know, when we were looking for for materials and you know the images and just everything that that you guys did to help us out on the front end, um, really appreciate it. Of course, yeah, we're here to support. <laughs> yep. So um, we uh, we also had actually an NDT uh, college on this uh, podcast uh, because we're doing you know that series on the journey to become a level three to uh, for inspectors to understand what's the what's the the process really to get there. Um, can you tell you know the listeners a little bit on the the difference between an NDT college and an NDT um, uh, NDT school like University of Ultrasonics? What would be the the difference uh, between the two? Okay, so uh, you know the way I see it, you got your NDT colleges that that do 
your associate degree programs, which is really awesome. I, I honestly, I wish that I would have known about it and had access to it 15 or 20 years ago right. because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm happy with where I'm at, but maybe something sooner or I had no idea this field existed. Right. So, right. Yeah. Um, I know uh, some of the local schools around here in the Houston area, you know, one or two in particular, and then elsewhere in the country, they, they have great programs. So they offer the associate's degree. And so you get cross-trained in a variety of different methods. And um, I know a couple of people that went to the local school in Houston and I know they had a great experience there. And so they're learning the basics. They're learning some of the requirements they're getting, the associate's degree, which is going to look fantastic on their resume later, right? Right, right. Um, those are, you know, accredited schools. So they can offer things like, uh, uh, you know, GI Bill support and, and tuitions and scholarships probably. Uh, and they also, uh, I gather, they help with some job placement for their candidates, mm-hmm. which right. I think is really, really awesome. Um, so we are not a college, which is... Funny because the name of the business is the University of Ultrasonics. <laughs> right. So, I think that's why the question comes often. You know, it's like, oh, it's a university. You know, like, well, not exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, so yeah. We, we have people calling and they think that this is a school so they can, uh, for them to learn how to do medical ultrasound. They're like, okay, oh. I want to come learn how to scan for babies. And <laughs> and I, I'm like, I can't do that. I, I wish I could. I would have a class. If, right. if, if I could do that in 80 hours, we'd do that too. But, um, yeah, and that's not what this is about at all. <laughs> no. So. So we're more of a we're we're more of a consulting firm and like yeah. a professional training maybe maybe you could even say a trade school but uh, so when Mark Davis uh, first named uh, his school the University of Ultrasonics um, when it was in Birmingham uh, you know he was he was running a trade school to teach people in the industry what they needed and um, did a really good service but there were actually some people uh, I remember. Uh, reading some of the forums on like ndt.net uh, mm-hmm. and stuff back in the day, um, some, some really well-respected guys in the community, they were like, well, I, I've got a degree and you're calling it a university and uh, yeah. that denigrates my degree. You know, that, right. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah. It's, it's a name. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a, a name like another name. name. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, so somebody commented, uh, well, that sounds like a made-up name and um, – I think back to one of the either the Avengers or the Guardians of the Galaxies movies recently that said, "Well, aren't all names made up?" <laughs> I was about to say just that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> that's um, very funny. And so, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So the students that you usually have are uh, seasoned inspectors, correct? Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily green um, green guys, you know, like not uh, not knowing about NDT uh, like you would see in a, in a college. So they're, they're already uh, an inspector in one method. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, typically so. You know, okay. so again, since we provide the training, um, the companies tend to send their candidates to us when, you know, when they're ready to get new technicians and they need to get their training. So uh, the, the only time that I get really new people is mm-hmm. maybe my level one UT class. Okay, um, yeah. So sometimes you have relatively new hires that they, you know, but, but maybe they they've we, had... They would be new to NDT as well? Sometimes. Sometimes okay. you get oh, a guy okay. right off the street that a company okay. hires and sends in. Um, but But usually... Gotcha. Usually they've got something, even if it's a month of experience 
you know, writing down thickness readings as an assistant. They're, they've been exposed usually, but um, but we do get some some green people. Uh, uh, typically, though, my more advanced classes, the shear wave, the phased array, the Toft, you, yeah. you know, you've got guys that are really already uh, working with some UT experience and they're just trying to further their career. So, so gotcha. yeah, typically it's, uh, already professional NDT people that come through. Yes. And, and what's the most common background that you see from those, uh, inspectors, like what industry usually, I guess, oil and gas, or is it really, you know, you're in Houston, so I'm, I'm assuming a bit more, uh, oil and gas or. Uh, yes, more, more yeah. oil and gas typically. So, um, We, we do see a lot of ex-military people come through that have gotten at least exposed to the some sort of NDT uh, okay. while they're in the military. So we get a you know we get a lot of that, which in the industry I think that's a big percentage of the people. But uh, so you got a lot of ex-military um, uh, ladies and gentlemen that come through. And um, then as far as experience with us, it's probably mostly oil and gas. Uh, we also do a good bit of nuclear and okay, aerospace. Yeah. With so like, right? Yes. So right okay. now I've got a. You know, we've got some people in here from uh, all three, actually. I've got some nuclear people, I've got some aerospace people, and I've got some uh, uh, oil and gas people. Um, for your TFM class? For my TFM a, class. Yeah. Nice. That's a good mix. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe they're going to keep the space shuttle safe. They're going to keep the uh, oil refinery safe, and they're going to prevent another Chernobyl by learning TFM. That's the, right. that's the hope. So yeah. you really, no pressure, but teach them well. <laughs> no, exactly, right? No pressure at all. Um, so uh, do all of your students also are usually hired because you say, you know, they're coming from uh, aerospace, they're coming from here. So usually is, is they're hired from an inspection company or a manufacturer or some of them are just for personal education and they, they pay for it on their own. It's, it's probably about 90%. Uh, they're already employed. Okay. And then, but we do get a good percentage of people that are wanting to pay themselves. So maybe they were at a at a location that didn't offer a lot of an advancement gotcha, opportunities yeah. mm -hmm. and you know and maybe they just weren't lucky enough to have a company to spend the money on them but they really wanted to do something so we do get a lot of people that do self-pay uh, but for the most part it, it's uh you know it's companies that are paying for the training okay okay understood so again for For our listeners that uh, would like to know what kind of time frame they would be looking at to accomplish the different levels, um, can you break down the requirement for uh, UT or uh, PAUT and, uh, and TFM as well uh, to, to give just a rough idea how long can it take to accomplish that journey, you know, to become a level one and then a level two and then a level three uh, if they, they're so inclined to get there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, we typically work under the SNT TC1A scheme as far as, you know, training and certification requirements. So uh, for a UT level one, that's typically going to require about 40 hours of training and then uh, 210 hours um, of UT experience. Okay. And then, uh, you know, also there's going to be an amount of hours of total NDT. Uh, I forget the exact number for the okay, total so NDT. Total NDT being other methods. Uh, other methods or just in general. Yeah, just okay. you know, exposure to the business. Got you. Okay. Yeah. And then for a level two, you got to have an additional 40 hours of training. And then a uh, total of uh, about 630 hours in ultrasonics. Wow. Then, okay. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's uh... It's it's a good so you mean 
hands-on, right, or in the field? Uh, OJT, yes. OJT. Yeah. On, on okay. the job on training. The job. There you yeah, go. Yeah, on the okay. machine, one way or another, yeah. And, and, and that one also, you have to have 1,200 hours of total NDT behind you as well. Okay. So that's how that's supposed to work. Um, now, now, one thing ASNT does, you can skip the level one process and just go right to level two if you satisfy all those. At, you know, if you go get 80 hours of training and then you go get all your UT hours, uh, you can just go right to a UT level two and not have to spend time in the level one uh, oh. uh, uh, thing. So that's something that ASNT allows for. And that, that's usually that's usually what we see. We okay. usually see, yeah, yeah, people that just they get all the training. They got level one and level two, and when they certify, they just certify all at once. So that's something okay. that's allowed. And ASNT, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they they don't differentiate between you know UT uh, zero degree or shear, right? UT is UT when you, UT, for hours. Uh, UT is UT, but they do actually have a, uh, a differential in the hours that are required. And now that you say that, I can actually tell you real quick, because uh, that's something I was thinking about earlier. And uh, sorry, I didn't have that queued up. No, like no, no, that's that's all good. That's all good. Okay, hey. so for for thickness, yeah, you yep. do have a recommended initial training and experience level for what they call an NDT level two limited to thickness. Gotcha. So okay. you would be doing, uh, you know, a scan thickness measurements. Mm-hmm. Um, so you start out as a trainee, you need 24 hours of formal classroom training for a thickness UT setting. And okay. then 175 hours of uh, work experience. So that is if you're only going to become a level two limited to thickness. That makes so a 20, lot of sense. Okay. That's good. Yeah. To know. All right. And so you got a lot of you got a lot of level two limiteds around the around the industry, really. And I hate to say it like this, but but they say I'm a level two. Well, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they are, you know, on on a piece of paper somewhere. But again, 24 hours of training, 175 hours of OJT. You see a lot of the industry where they try to take thickness techs that just have those requirements and oh. give them a lot of hours and then try to run them right through shear wave and phased array. And it usually doesn't work out so well. So I see, I see. Not, so they do try to differentiate and to make yes. sure that, you know, a guy doesn't end up doing shear uh, if 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 he doesn't have the, uh, yeah. the, the, the hours yeah, behind that. Yeah. Okay. But, um, but and when it comes to, yep. oh, my bad, I'm sorry. No, please go ahead. When it comes to the level three though, when you uh, when you do apply to become a level three, yes, ASNT doesn't look at it there. They see years as a level two, and okay. Okay. if you've spent all these years as a you know a level two thickness guy, that level two counts when it comes to to your level getting your level three. They don't see a difference. They don't differentiate it there. Interesting. Okay. Yep. So you could have done you know everything in in uh, in thickness uh reading you know like yep. uh, many many hours and many all your expertise basically there but then you you do need to pass the level three exam that exactly. has to do with you know shear and, and everything, everything really yeah. so uh, but that's sufficient to then write procedures later la- later uh yeah. with shear so say if you work well like let's say if you work for a company that's only ever going to do thickness readings right yeah and they want to advance from within well, you can take a thickness guy that's got 
X amount of years. And, you know, if he's able to pass his level three, then, you know, he, he can be the level three UT guy that does all the thickness procedures. So it's, it's completely doable. Um, there's a lot of different things on that level three exam. There's, there's a lot of immersion, right? Yes, um, I heard. So I heard. I haven't th- took the level three test, but I heard that it's a lot of immersion. <laughs> yeah, so you get a lot of people that have never seen immersion. Um, right, yeah. I, I got lucky. I, I had a, a actually a decent amount of immersion experience uh, doing my, I had an AUT system that used a semi-immersion uh, probe setup, kind of like okay. the Hydroform. It's like a conventional UT version of the Hydroform. Okay, so, like a bubbler of some sort. Yeah, exactly, with, okay. with fo- focused immersion probes. And, um, gotcha, yeah. So that helped me out, but I think maybe taking that test without having that, I would have been like, oh, man. But, um, yeah. but, yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do UT, and maybe you don't need all of them, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> but you need to know a little bit about all of them if you want to be a level three. To pass the test, yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, now that we're on the subject on the test, and I know why technically I haven't finished the other question quite yet, but just, just to go on this UT level three, um, how often do you have to retest for that one? Uh, that's going to be every five years. Five so. years, okay. And it's true yeah. for PAUT and, uh, well, um, I don't know that TFM is technically is different than PAUT right now. Yeah, so uh, that was a little weird. So as far as testing a level three with uh, AS&T, Mm-hmm. Um, you would have to redo your level three every five years. So you can either do that by retesting or by gaining points by doing doing training classes or or attending a class or doing a level three, some sort of level three uh, uh, role. You can gain points um, where you don't even have to take the test. You can re- you can uh, renew by points. But okay. uh, yeah, and so then, but within a company like an inspection company. Uh, the way mine that I, I used to work with, the, the way it worked out, yeah. before I got my level three, I had to recertify every three years. Okay. And then after I got my level three, uh, I was uh, basically, it was every five years after that, that okay. I was going to have to redo my certifications. and re- Retest. I, uh, retest. Okay. For, yes, retest. And, um, you know, and that can probably vary from company to company and from written practice to written practice. But that's how that's how we did it. OK. And so as far as PAUT and TFM, uh, is that uh, is there a distinction right now or both are no. considered advanced uh, ultrasonics? They're considered advanced ultrasonics. Um, so with my company, I was a phase array level three meaning that I could, I was allowed to write procedures and test people out and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, as far as AS&T goes, a phased array level three or a TFM level three or a top level three, they, they basically just recognize NDT level threes and then phased array level twos. Oh, okay. Okay. Right? So it all merges for level three. All everything merges in under kind of the UT umbrella. It does, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. unless something major has changed in the latest revision, right? Yeah, right. which just just came out, I think. Right, we're just uh, last yeah, week. August twentieth. So it was yeah, just last week. So yeah. Okay. Well, I'll ask again the next time we talk. <laughs> okay, sounds good. But I uh, from from what I you know. I've, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, to be honest with you, I'm flipping through it right now to see if anything's changed. 
you're not going to have a phased array level three and a top level three. And that, that's my current knowledge. Um, you, you'll have your NDT or your UT level three, but then as far as right. being a, a phased array tech, you got a level two phase race cert with your company and okay. it's employer okay. base and, and that's how we they see it right now. So the, the level three is kind of a maybe a subject matter expert or a company designation, but you do have some of the other codes like uh, I think C SWIPs, you can probably tell me this. Yeah. In Canada, they've got a phase array level three, right? Yes, they do. I'm not super familiar because, you know, my entire, I, I studied the NDT in the U.S. and worked in the U.S. Uh, so I'm not extremely familiar with it. I know that some of my employees have uh, their level threes with CSWIP, but that's, I, I don't know the process, unfortunately. Gotcha. <laughs> Sorry. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, so I'm uh, hoping one day that all these all these bodies would just merge. get on the same page. Yeah. Yes, Good that luck. would certainly make it easier for a lot it of people. Would. That's for it sure. Would. So. Um, at the the time, of course, of this recording, as I mentioned, we're August twentieth, uh, and um, we're still in the middle of the COVID nineteen pandemic. How did this uh, affected your school and the, the classes that you're offering? It did uh, affected a you know a pretty good bit, unfortunately. So um, you know when everything first hit, uh, we're in the Houston area, and yeah. surprisingly, when everything first hit. It didn't seem quite as bad down here as it did elsewhere in the country, but but out of safety, we um, we quit classes for uh, I want to say about four or five weeks, maybe six weeks during during the whole process. Uh, so we quit. We we postponed the in person classes. Um, thankfully, we do actually have a uh, bank, which I didn't mention this. We've got a uh, a handful of online classes that oh, we yeah. offer. Yeah, that's that, that, that's a great yeah yes. I didn't know actually about this and and right now is probably a great time to take uh, online classes. It is. So, so what, what do we, you offer? So we have uh, ultrasonics level one. Okay. On, and online, so you would still have to come in for your level two, but okay. uh, uh, the online classes we do there again it's a blended between theory and then. Um, so instead of being hands-on the equipment, there's some really, really, really great interactive exercises, um, uh, animations, live data. There's a number of stuff. So we've got a UT Level 1. Uh, we've got a UT Level 2 refresher. Okay. Uh, we've got a topped refresher. So the refreshers are like 12 hours. Uh, the UT Level 1 is 40 hours. Uh, we've got a phased array 40 hours, the initial 40 hours of training. Okay, uh, yeah. Theory, calibrations, UT review, et cetera. We do that online, and then wow. we do re require that you come in for week two in person to actually get on the scope and scan welds. Right, yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah. And we also do a couple of uh, some classes, online classes that are kind of condensed versions for phased array. Uh, for like owner operators, uh, engineers, management, you know, people that want a little bit of knowledge and exposure to the technique, but don't need all the hours to get fully certified. Mm -hmm. We offer yeah. some abridged versions of classes for, for people like that. So our online business actually kind of, it increased over the course of the past several months um, yeah, because people could, yeah. So, but again, we, we closed classes for a while. Um, it actually gave me time to work on some projects, though. So I was working from home. 
uh, built some procedures for clients. Did, did it, you know, we do more than classes. I do procedures, technique development, uh, special things, uh, uh, data review, right? We, we do a lot more than just teach classes because we are, we're officially we're a consulting firm. So if it's anything UT related, chances are we can help a client with it. Um, so I was doing that from, from the house and, uh, I would come into the lab every once in a while, just when I needed to fire up uh, a scope. Um, so we had purchased a number of OmniScan X3s to support our TFM class. We we did that, you know, late last year and early this year. That's right. Uh, yeah. I um, phased array is still our biggest, uh, most popular class. Okay. Um, I was probably going to hold off on updating. Uh, the phased array classes to the X3, I was gonna, it's gonna take a while because it's a uh, lot of work. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. We were really busy with classes. Like, and I do phased array every month. Like, that's the that that keeps the lights on. So we we do phased <laughs> bread array. and butter. Yeah, the bread and butter. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I had about six weeks at home, and um, I said, you know what, this is a great time to start working on the phased array classes and update them to the X3. So, oh yeah, definitely. That, Yep, that's where that started, and uh, I think you made... saw an opportunity in it. That's great. Instead of you know exactly. just looking at the downsides, you find some upsides as well. Exactly. So I, I rolled. We rolled that out um, in May uh, when we first, when things first got, we thought back to normal, especially around here. We're you know when Texas went back to work, we came yeah. back, limited class sizes. So you know pre-COVID, I would do anywhere from eight to twelve people. Okay. Um, now I've got my maximum set to eight people in my classroom and our classroom's big enough to where we can separate like, you know, at least six feet apart and okay. social distancing still. Social, yeah. Yeah, social distancing and masks and, you know, all that stuff. Um, so we're, we're cutting down the, the class quantities, but we're still doing classes. And That's uh, great. Yeah, so so we're going to try to evolve a little bit more, too. I, I really do think the remote training is going to be, and more so than just having a pre-recorded online routine like we have now, I think yeah. remote training it might be the way to go. Um, so I'm actually, we're looking into that. We're looking into, you know, equipment and what it would take to say, okay, if you've got a, 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 a trainee that's across the country and they have hopefully their own scope and their own equipment and you know how could we make this work to make it feel like they're sitting in the classroom with me so that's right. something that we're actually starting to brainstorm because you know hopefully this goes away real soon the covid uh, issue but you know we got to be I, ready if it doesn't so I, i agree and on top of it i think that's where You know, everything is going eventually and COVID-19 yeah. definitely fast forward everything. Yeah. We, we had to to come with with these ideas much faster. But ultimately, I think that's where this was going. So, you know, might as well start a bit earlier and when when it's uh, relevant to do so. I think so. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's in the works. That's great. That's good to know. Well, Shane, thank you so much for your insight and for all uh, of this information that you were uh, sharing today and for your expertise. We really appreciate the work that you guys are doing and I appreciate your time uh, to uh, answer all my questions today. Awesome. Thank you, too. I, I enjoyed it uh, thoroughly. And um, uh, take care and I uh, hope to hear from you soon. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue working on this. So thank you. Stay safe out there. Do the same. 
Well, that's all for today's show. I hope you enjoyed the information provided. Like always, if you have any questions or comments, write us a note in the comment section or reach out at podcast at olympus.com. We also like reviews, so let us know if you enjoyed the show and if there's topics you would like us to cover in the future. Stay tuned for the continuity of this series, The Journey to Level 3, as we will continue to receive some more guests that will share on how to progress on your NDT career. In the meantime, keep the world safe out there. <laughs>